0: and gentlemen, I'm not going to say boys and girls, I don't want to steal Ted's line. Uh, you are uh, watching, if you can believe it or not, this is RFK Refugees. Uh, I am your host, one of your hosts, one of your permanent hosts, John Hoffman, and I have a new co-host with me, uh, Charlie Bohm, friend of the show, many time many time uh, guest now, first time first time co-host.
1: I am so honored to be here. Thank you for having
0: me. That is exactly the response I was hoping for and, and almost demand out of all of our, uh, out of all of our guest hosts. <laughs> So with so much great fun stuff to talk about, I feel like just, you know, optimism abound. I don't know if you've been on the Reddit page lately, but there's a new, there's a, there's a a bingo board, like a bad DC United bingo, which is always the sign of a happy fan base. I feel like when you get to that point,
1: I uh, have been using the gritted teeth emoji (laughs) a lot lately in this context.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's where we are at. I think it's. I, have, I was listening to uh, Tried and True's post game show, and it's just it's funny to watch optimism die on a, on, a, on a new show <laughs> over the course of the season. <laughs> like, I mean, like you have to eventually bend to the reality on, uh, uh, of the situation. But I think that I think now we're all in the same. I don't know where else you could be in last place, but uh, that's where that the mindset is now is now there. We're D,
1: the, and not just last place, DFL. As, right. uh, as a Twitter spoon. friend used it the other day.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: don't Thanks worry. To the mean, quakes last night. Quakes that means we winning.
0: That means we can get the uh, that's first overall college uh, MLS Super Trap pick, right? Like we've got to be excited about that, right? That's
1: the best framing,
0: right? I think that's what we got to start. We got to start doing, bring Travis on every episode and start reviewing college soccer. That's not happening. Well, uh, look, I, I do
1: want to point out. I think we discussed it last time I was on. The playoff format, even by MLS's extremely historically generous standards, is the most generous. It's been since uh the expansion era began, I wanna say. I don't know what the percentage is, but what is it, eighteen out of twenty six? No, sixteen out of
0: twenty. Eighteen.
1: Isn't... It's eighteen teams mm-hmm. out of twenty six this year, which it's not quite eight out of ten, like the OG days, but it's close.
0: It's really there, there should be a physical pun- there should be corporal punishment, I think, for missing it. Like there there should be, like they should line up on the, <laughs> they should line up on the goal line, they should get shots taken out their butt. I feel like that's the I think that's where you go with it. Someone's yeah, got to. This pay is a
1: close to relegation. That's
0: right. What what's, yeah, what's the soon. what's the physical punishment we can inflict on on, uh, on on these teams for being so bad? All right, so let's stop delaying it. Let's get to, let's get to this. Let's review this 2-0 loss. What, what are the what's, Let's start with lineup changes. I feel like that's maybe where we're gonna get some of the good, the little bit of good out of this that we can find. Yordi Reyna makes his DC United debut. Uh, Griffin Yao gets a start first of the year. Moses Nyman gets a start first of his career. Chris O'Doyatsum getting more starts this year than probably has had at uh, any and run uh, in his previous career, both before uh, his leave uh, for medical reasons and and after. And Julian Gressel started the game on the bench. So when you saw that lineup, uh, did you feel? So I felt I'm like good. You know I've been asking to play the kids because we're bad and we lose a lot. So let's let's do that. What were mm-hmm. what were your feelings when you saw that?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, th- DC United has. Uh... I'll pull up the results map here um, to to get the full picture of it, but it's 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 been a rough stretch, right? And uh, when when results go badly, uh, it's it's logical to try some different options, uh, give some kids a shot, give uh, reserves a shot, maybe see what different relationships uh, can have an effect on things. So I, I thought that part of it made sense, um, and you know I've I've been kind of banging the drum over the last couple of weeks uh, in, in when I. You know, talk about and think about DC United for uh, for shifting things in a younger direction and not so much, uh, I guess the conventional explanation is that that you're looking ahead next year, but really I don't think it's about that. I think I think the, the teenagers are uh, ready now. I think they can hold their own. And, and so there is upside from from the that future mentality. But but I think that they can bring something right now. So I, I, I was pleased to see that um, and I want to point out too. A lot of people are describing this as um, rock bottom for DC, and this was, I guess, their this the loss run them to five game uh, un, uh, winless streak. Steve uh, Birnbaum
0: said, "If we lose this, we have to really have thoughts as a team about like what we're all about. What's what's even happening here?" He, he was said this is a must win game right before the loss, so that's just just a the external mindset of the team. And I would say n- not to
1: not to soften things, but. Um, there's a sense of rock bottom uh, or new low sort of being hit uh, from what I sense among DC United fans and observers, but that's don't write off the resonance. That's a good team. I think that's a team that's going to make noise, whether this year or next uh, a a deep, well-constructed team on the up. So it wasn't that they, they lost to scrubs.
0: Oh no. Nashville was a much lower low than this new England game.
1: Interesting. You know, so you say that I I've heard, uh, some of the conversations I've had with other people, uh, I'll leave names out of it, but um, there, I, I, got, I wasn't at the game, but some of the people in the press box, um, you know, speaking with them, and uh, I, I think there is a segment of people that feel like this was uh, maybe because of that pregame framing of it as a must-win and the fact that it was at home that this felt felt worse um, than Nashville. But of course, um, the team weren't weren't um, blisteringly criticized as frauds by their own coach right uh, after this result so
0: i think that's a piece of it i think the fact that ba- that bill came out saying basically how we respond to this game will tell you where we are as a team listening to this coach basically uh mm-hmm. so so that was a <laughs> whenever he said that i was like i feel like this is going to go badly i think he shouldn't have said that because <laughs> i think they're not going to perform that was probably dangerous but anyway um did you see julian gressel starting on the bench a, a a function of wanting to get Yao on the field or did you see it as the only consequence of Ben saying this team look like a fraud in, in Nashville, as far as maybe a, a punishing a senior player's lack, lackluster performance,
1: I would generally, uh, I generally urge caution when it comes to making linear observations and conclusions about uh, lineup changes, who's in and who's out. It's, it's not as I think it's oversimplified. To um, we're sorry, family my, podcast. My family Fine. just arrived
0: home. Family podcast. We enjoyed it. Good. <laughs>
1: You can come here, it's okay. Thank you, baby. Uh, they, uh, I don't think it was should be interpreted as a slight or criticism of Gressel so much as just a a change. And he was the one to sit. Um, he's played a lot this year. He's been one of the ever presents They've worked. I think they've been working really hard and trying to really um, build his sample size to try and get him um, settled and find the right role and then get him performing at the, re- the level that they wanted to. So I don't think that I, I think it's more about Yao than than Gressel.
0: Okay, well, that's 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 a good point of view. Um, the first half was certainly more positive than the second half, and we'll get to that. But uh, there was there there were moments of positivity. There still are issues, uh, and this was more pronounced in the second half. I if I just keep they, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's strategy. I don't know if it's just what they're given. I think it's what they're given based on the way New England was defending. But they just continue to push the ball full speed towards the end line and then try to cross the ball. And our team, this team, has a cross cross completion percentage from that sector of the field. It's got to be the lowest in the league. It is woeful. It is. And I, I remember watching Taylor Kemp cross the ball. I remember watching play like there there are, there are, there are, you know, crossing has not been a strength of this team since 2010 when I've been watching it, but it, it feels especially bad. And because of that it feels like a really not a good offensive strategy to, to, to pursue, to get, to get offensive chances.
1: Well, I mean, who's, who's the starter uh, up top, you know, is it, and is Ola Kamara, um, the clear number one is he really healthy and fit right now. Um, what's type? What type? I mean, do they even have the relationships built to a point? I'm not saying they. should. I mean, I think they should. At this point, for whatever reason, win. there's that you don't have the consistency. I mean, I, we talk about Gressel, right? What tried him in different roles, different spots, but he was he was an ever present in the lineup for the most part for most of the season, and I think a big part of it is he wants. Uh, striker-server relationships, right? The service relationships to get struck up and the understanding to get built. The season started that was supposed to be you know, Gressel and um, uh, and, and uh, Flores and maybe a couple others serving Kamara and, and his track record in the league. Uh, Ola's track record suggested that, that he could feast on quality service, um, not entirely and exclusively crosses and cutbacks, but that's definitely an area where he he seemed to have a, a, a strong skill set. Um, but, you know, it hasn't come and, and there's any number of uh, uh, sort of variables that go into why that didn't work, um, but it didn't. So I think it's, it's hard to say um, it's understandable that there's the, the rhythm or the understanding and the relationships aren't there. But, but then again, it, yeah, I don't I, I'm suspicious of crossing in general because I think it's so, so quickly um, becomes this sort of thoughtless tactic or last resort, you know, with, with a lot of players in MLS it's like general. it's becoming
0: the long two right i feel like for, particularly if you have a low completion if you have a low completion percentage you are you are giving up the ball basically in the attacking sector of the field where you want the ball where you want the ball and need the ball to be able to score if you're completing a large percentage of them then it's great because you're changing angles you're 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 making players move uh but if you keep not completing them you're basically just being like well i hope we get a corner maybe we'll get a corner out of this and it's just mm. it's 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 from from my perspective it's frustrating i feel like you know, obviously personnel, player personnel, drastically different, uh, than, than when this was effective, but the given goes at the top of the box between Rooney and Acosta were an interesting strategy as far as moving players around. We have enough overlapping runs from the midfield war. I believe that those players are more effective passing in close, in, in, in close proximity and finding, and finding open space in the box that way and shooting. And we just don't really do that. And I, well, I there's,
1: know. I mean, I would, I would point out too. So, um, uh, using Opta's formation here, you're looking at, looking at this old lineup, um, and you have so many new relationships and partnerships. I, I don't see how they could have possibly had a lot of time to work as an eleven in training. Um, you know, you can do film and, and whatever Zoom sessions and all that kind of stuff, but right now these these teams are playing every several days, and um, and there's co- multiple coaches have complained of the sort of the inability to to train on anything in depth and really work on on depth in depth on tactical stuff, but your band of three uh, is Yao, Reyna, Assad, Kamara up top. Nyman got his first start um, behind them, next to Moreno. How many of those players have played a full game together to know who's going to be where and who's going to do? I mean, we know Reyna just got off the plane, almost literally. He is kind of a freelancing type of player um, when he plays well in general, based on his caps uh, career. So, you know, it's, it, you, it's you're trying some stuff, and, and I'm sure he'd want to get a lot more reps in training in, in trying stuff in this situation normally, but you don't have that luxury. So Kamara has
0: been there though, right? They know they should know the runs he's going to make at this point, even if they're not, even if Yao and, and and Nyman have not been in the starting 11 in practice, which they have clearly not been, they will have been playing against him. They will have been watching him. They will understand the kind of balls he likes. Yordi Rain is a question mark for them, obviously. Um, But still, I mean, I, I think I, I get that particularly from the the, the context of all, all of the injuries that have caused, you know, however many games we've had is probably how many lineups we've had. Um, but, you know, there have been, there, there are probably, there, there have been historically teams with greater number of injuries. I thought of Kansas city where they could only dress like 13 or 14 players. I forget what year that was, but they had a run like that. Um, they weren't successful in that run clearly, but also I feel like the the concept of the only player they shouldn't really understand is Jordi Reina and, and the other forward whose name escapes me because uh, Gelson Rivas. Yes, Gelman Rivas. Those are the only two players that are real question marks for them. They should understand the rest of their teammates, even if it's not. It's not going to be beautiful and perfect because, like you said, they haven't had the the, the the practice time in the midweek because they've been playing every three games. But anyway.
1: But let's let's. Not, I I feel like the elephant in the room here is is how much of the ball you really have, right? This mm. team reflexively seems to drop uh, deep, and I don't know whether that's uh, a, a product of of their sort of personality as a team or the tactical work or, or instincts that they've developed individually or collectively, or if it's Ben's preference, or, or if it's just not being good on the ball, but they, 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 they almost never win the possession battle. They're not a generally proactive team. And so therefore then your, your, your ability to, to build understanding and rhythm is limited you have to be efficient if you're going to play against the ball and counter, right? And you, you have to you have to be cl- clean with your decision making and have un- have that at least a minimum level of understanding of movements and transition. And have minimal individual
0: know, mistakes in the defensive end. Yeah, I mean they're just they, they, it's just too. I just think
1: they, they regress to um, to a a, a defensive um, uh, maybe bunkering is is not fair to use, but but definitely a, a reactive posture. Uh, as a team. And, and let's be honest. I mean, I, I figure we're going to get to this eventually, but post game Ben Olsen says, we had a few chances that once again, we have to do better with. We are never a team that puts up 10 to 12 shots. We haven't been that for a few years. The times we've been successful are when we are efficient.
0: And, and all of DC United fandom said, <laughs> yeah, we know we'd, we had not been a team that had 12 or 15 shots. That's the problem. That is, that's why we're all angry. That's why we've all not had a lot of fun watching this team. It's, yeah. it is weird it's like it, it and I we, yeah we'll get to this now I think because I think it, it talks about it, it goes into everything really I think the idea that Ben is still set on is that the only way we can be successful there's one mode of success and it is to minimum to to, to to take advantage of a minimal number of opportunities be exceedingly st- uh, stringent on the defensive side and then just eke out wins and that's and that, I don't know if he still thinks that's that way. Because of play, the you know the player assets that is a disposal, or it, it's a meant because uh, I think that there have been times this season where he has criticized his team, like saying we, the, after the New York City FC game where they scored, they had no shots. The next game, the first half started out in a similar the, the, the first half, but there was a, there was a question of like you know that was not the way we drew this game up. We wanted to be more on the front foot, and we weren't, and, and players were more reactive. I, I I can't I can't wrap my head around the, the lack of effort in trying and failing to be, to, to be offensive is, 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 a, is a way to get fired in some ways. But once you've been there 10 years, like, don't you kind of just want to see what happens if if that's the way you go? If, if you're going to go out, I think you tweeted about this today. If you're going to be bad, you know, go, be, go out, go out, try and be interesting. Try, try something new. And if you, and if, if you lose 7-1, say, for instance, like some teams have done uh, this year in trying things out and having a team uh, that's, skewed towards young players, then that's what happens. And, and, and you can make that argument after the fact and say, this is what I was trying to do. But uh, it, it, feels, it feels like a, a situation where he is constitutionally opposed or maybe incapable of, of going that way, of going that route.
1: I, I, I see it a little differently. I, I don't think it's that he... I think that the the port in the storm or the, the, the touch point for Ben Olsen as a coach um, when when the ish hits the fan and, and things are, are going against his team or he needs a, a result he needs to end a slump for him it's it, and it, it is it is coaching 101 in one sense that um, you start at the bottom right you start at the beginning defensive shape is always the first thing you work on in most cases in, in preseason um, that's the foundation of your team you try and post a clean sheet and get uh, a little bit of shape and structure and then build off of that. That's your foundation. It makes a lot of sense. It's what probably a majority of coaches uh, would do in his, his situation. Not all, though. And at the professional level, it, it is a a risk-averse approach carries risks in and of itself, right? And um, and for me, the biggest thing again, it's it's and I, it, a lot of projecting was happening on that tweet from today. I was not. I was actually. I'm. I'm not going to say. I don't think I was referring to any specific team, but a lot of people felt that I was speaking about their team,
0: which is because, an indictment of a bunch of teams. Uh, if, uh, yeah. If, if, I mean, but that's also the time you. of the year
1: we're at, you know, this is, this is um, um, we're, we're getting into uh, the stretch run where, where teams have to stare some realities in the face. You're either going to contend or you're not, you have a, a good vibe about your squad or you're in position to make a run or you're not, um, you know, that, the reality sets in when the weather cools down. Right. Um, but I just, I just think, I don't, and I, you know, we could get into maybe an attempt to analyze him and that's always risky, but perhaps, I mean, when I think back to the 2010 season where he, um, kind of got stuck in the, in, got, got shoved into the head coaching role, um, when everything was, was just crumbling, um, in the, the, uh, an the ill-fated, um, you know, half season in charge that Kurt and got here in DC, uh, and things were so. The year they removed
0: the bagels. The year that the year the front office took away the bagels is the, is the year <laughs> that I remember.
1: <laughs> i would forgotten about that. Uh, in, in some ways, yeah. I mean, we're we're on the. I think we just passed the 10 year anniversary. It was July. Let's say it was early August. That D, it was the first coach, if I'm remembering correctly, that DC United had ever technically fired. Kevin Payne was. I don't want to say proud, but always made a point to to note that Ray Hudson wasn't fired. Thomas wrong. And those guys, contracts were allowed to expire. People were allowed to move on when it made sense at the end of the year, but this was the first, Oh, something, you know, we have to make a change right now. This is so bad. And that team was tr- wanted to play, um, you know, Christian Castillo, uh, a number of other signings that they had an awful wanted to, to ping the ball around and be proactive and, and, and Ben so sort of inherited that. And they would try, they would play good stuff. And you could argue that it happened again in 2013. They would ping the ball around. They would be the more assertive team. They would be the in the ascendancy in games, and then they would just – they would get stabbed, right? They would, they would give up a goal on a set piece or they would get broken down on a counter, and everything, you know, went sideways again. And I don't know if he got burned on some level, tactical or psychological, by that experience and, and felt like uh, – and he's used terms like earn the right to play and said things like that, that he, he just – I think Ben – can't or won't depart from that idea that that you know if we can't we have to walk before we we run Um, and maybe that's again statistically maybe he's he's right but i think the context right now there's so much frustration in the fan base there's there's so um so much underperformance as a group there's so much change in the league there's so much evolution like just People have had it. There's a different feeling this time around from, from what I'm kind of picking
0: up. Yeah, they they have they have so had it that in 11 days between quotes from the front office between anonymous quotes in the front office, it has gone from basically a wait and see approach and say you know things aren't things aren't great, but there's a lot of reasons for it to Ben Olson's seat is the hottest seat that is molten scalding scalding, scalding hot scalding the hottest of seats. Uh, and, and not a lot of amount of time and and only in two games, uh, one of them was against Nashville. And sources, the sources, golf sources called the game unwatchable, the loss unwatchable. It was bad. I don't know that it was uniquely bad. I think it was very bad. I don't think it was, I think it maybe was cumulative. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it was the fact that they assumed looking at the schedule like we all did at the beginning of the year, like, all right, well, there's three points and FCC Cincinnati has yeah, three points. And, you know, it's going to be a rough year, particularly with no Paul, but we're we're going to, we'll scrape on through. We always do. We'll, we'll, we'll get the draws where we need them and we'll get the easy wins, the wins that we should get. So, uh, aside from the, those two games that happened, do you think that the perception of the fan base, the 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 uh, being concerned about next year, hoping that you know, hoping that uh, they're able to have fans in the stadium next year, hoping that they're going to be selling season tickets next year and not doing what they've had to do this year where they're deferring, are they starting to actually look at that fa- of that that the diehard fan base and seeing people who have been, not that they know on the granular level like like I do, where I know people on Twitter, but like. People who have been long time just like, you know what, you know, it's not his fault. Like we've 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 overperformed based on a whole bunch of other host of reasons. So, you know, that's not that's not where to look for 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 accountability. Those people are all I don't want to say uniformly, but largely on the train of we need to make a move here. Um, hmm. they're ty- they're they're somewhat past excuses for underperformance. Um what, what 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 do you think changed in the do you think Steve asked different people <laughs> and got a different change over those ever that kind of time what what could have changed so much to make them feel this way yeah I'd uh get a guess <laughs>
1: i'm i was really struck by i think uh the post report dropped on saturday morning maybe so so september 15th i just want to underscore this because uh, i think it says something about the front office and as well as the whole situation overall and the, the ownership to go from will not have to worry about his job status barring endless embarrassing defeats Endless on September 15th to Ben is not on the hot seat. He's on a scalding hot seat on the 26th. Uh, I don't, I, I think that that was conscious. Someone made someone in a position of power or multiple people made a point to, to shift that, that framing so abruptly um and i really want to know why and i have a feeling it's not going to work out as well as they may think it is by doing that because that's such a stark flip that that you then have to it's almost like that outweighs the the temperature of the seat for me just because it's so striking and so
0: it's like, uh, did you just conscious. start paying attention? Like, did you just, did you just realize? Did that? they start? Did they, did they scroll
1: through the DCU hashtag the first <laughs> of a few months? Okay. <laughs> or was there, did, did a, did a, did it, was there a player executive chat that organically or scheduled that that happened? Was there some kind? Was there some, someone visit the locker room? And we don't know these things, right? Because we're even when you go to cover the game, you're, you're, you're. Not that different from anyone at home. You're stuck in the press box. You you get two or three people on the the post game Zoom, right? So you you don't get to kind of lurk around the in the tunnels downstairs and see what's happening, you know. Um, and so that's that's frustrating from a um, from a, a journalistic standpoint because to have again, like anybody who's covering the team or talking to people around the team, you, you're always you know you, you try and talk to as many people as you can and and build enough perspectives to triangulate and get get a clear sense of what's going on. But but I think it says for them to to make that shift that it's these two games it wasn't like these two games were I, I don't buy the
0: idea that Nashville somehow was this like Rubicon. That, that yes, was it wasn't unique. It was just a bad game, and they lost on the road. There's been a when few of be. them, right?
1: And and yeah. there's and and the injury crisis is no better or worse now than it was eleven days ago or 15 days well ago. they got they
0: got russell back that game before well, that was that game where you got a, a red card at halftime right or am i or are the, the game uh, first half
1: now? yeah that uh, sounds maybe so I mean, yeah so I, I think my, they got I a couple players back my point is that that it's clearly you know the the um a for better or worse situation in american soccer is you're you're de- you're dependent on the whims of a, of a rich person it's usually a guy right it's usually a rich, rich or white guy or, or a few of them that the whims of these of the rich owners that write the checks inevitably become uh, inflated, become outsized because they are the final decision makers. And Jason Levian is, um, he is somewhat an owner and somewhat a, an executive and managing partner, but he's, he has to live in this world where he's trying to guide and inform the money people above him on the totem pole while also being responsive to them and, and being, you know, meeting their needs. And that's, um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's at Jason's level, if it's Dave Casper, which I, I, I'm i less doesn't sound right, sure maybe. of that. Um, or if it's someone in the, someone in the, in Kaplan's uh, group, or if it's one of the other Swansea affiliated, um, you know, owners, if something happened, someone figured something out or saw something. And, and, and maybe, maybe it was, you know, the, uh, the end of month, I don't know what
0: it was. Maybe fiscal year, whatever. Ben turned um, in an expense report that had too many. But suddenly,
1: out. yeah. I mean, look, like it, Ben's if now. Ben is officially on the hot seat, right? They they made sure to make that as official as it gets, and they t- they were conscious about doing that. And I I just want to know what changed um, to suddenly suddenly now that it's more Ben's fault. Yeah, they've been absolutely um, just eviscerated by injuries. It, the club record signing just didn't settle right you know and then and then when he's when he, he finally started to show some signs of progress he gets uh, he breaks his face right so then there's there's an ACL injury and there's this and there's that and, and there's so many factors here this year is weird in general so there was a sense I think when things got going again at MLS is back and, and the season resumed last month that that this would be an asterisk season right yep. that, that, that there would be maybe more leeway or Coach, coaches and in front, you know, technical staff people would maybe get a mulligan. Um, it appears not. You know, Frank Tabor suffered this, and and now maybe um, maybe Ben has been informed in, in in definitely in public, maybe in private, maybe both um, that he is coaching for his job de facto over the next uh, two months or so.
0: I think that's a good I think that's a good distinction to draw out because this is a coach who's been there for ten years. There have probably been years when there have been less extenuating circumstances. And just as much reason to get rid of him, just as much it, fan, fan dissatisfaction, play on the field, results, whatever, um, there have been years where it's been less where you could write it off, and this is the year they've decided to enforce accountability, even if it's maybe not necessarily fully attributable to him and I think you'd have to say it's not looking at this roster you 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 can't you can't you can't say this is all about Ben uh, why we're mm-hmm. in the place we're at, but this is the year that they've decided to do it so i Personally, I, I I am in favor of accountability for the one position that you, the one role with the team you can easily change. You can't get rid of 11 players at once. You can bring in a new coach with a new philosophy and new ideas. That's easy. You can bring that, you could do that every year if you wanted to. It's not a good way to build a, a winning franchise, but you could do it if you wanted to do it. So I'm in favor of accountability. The timing seems weird to me. I think at the beginning of the year, understanding that he had a contract for next year, we're like, this is probably going to be another, this is a mulligan year. This is, we, the fans who wanted him gone already will still want him gone, but he's going to play out his contract because this team is loath to pay somebody twice. And I still don't understand where they're going to put him next year with this like, like step down contract where they're going to put him somewhere else. Like as a fan, like as an ambassador, a brand, like a decent brand ambassador, is he going to go to like model stores and sign soccer balls? Like what's, where could you put him? Where could you put a former coach in a, in a, Team bubble, like a team umbrella, that makes sense for him or for the team. I, that you know, maybe a problem we'll figure out next year. Maybe it'll be just like a, like a what do you call it? Like a, a not an abstention, but like where you a emeritus role. Like it's like you're, you're a run lead. office employee, right?
1: Well, I mean, the, there's you know, there's guys uh like Frankie haddock and Brad Evans who are driving team branded whips around town and
0: and, you don't uh, see Ben doing that. I don't don't see Ben and a monster energy drinks uh, in front of the the front gate.
1: Ben would be good at this, (laughs) but I know he doesn't want to do it. And it's, and I understand, as he has said, he's, he's said some really, um, over the years, he said some, some very thoughtful, uh, things about, you know, you get in the corner office, you don't want to give that back. Right. I, I will. Um, and again, I think I'm repeating myself here, uh, to you, but uh, I am increasingly convinced that, that he and others like him who got that fast track to that head coaching job at their, their club, their, you know, their iconic, these iconic figures really got, um, their coaches careers, coaching careers, kneecapped. They're, they're just on a weird, that he's going to, he's, he's going to have to decide whether he wants to be a coach anymore. Um, whether he wants to stay in this organization, whether he, you know, needs to walk away. He's he's got some tough decisions whenever things run out. I don't know that it's happening yet. I certainly will say that um, one of the most jarring things about the the scalding hot seat line was so that the, there's an implication there that he could get fired at any moment. Well, why are you gonna like what, what's, what's going why would you fire? So let's let's say they get they lose five nil next time out. And so you can him. Well, so okay, you you did something. But you've you've written off the season effectively in that sense. That that's a tough um, block. then you have to be really convinced that Nolan Sheldon or whoever you plug in in a spot um, is going to be it can can like light a fire under this, this same group of players. Ryan Martin's free now to make it to make it worth it.
0: Ryan's got nothing going on, so he could slide.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, that honestly, like that's a tough spot for those guys to put mm-hmm. those guys in. And then you have to go. well, Okay, does this ownership group and does this. Uh, Front office have the wherewithal and the sort of personality to go and build if you're going to make a change now a, a, a calculating club is going to go in and hi, arrange something in shadow and then have it ready to flip the switch right you've got I don't know Wilmer Cabrera or whoever someone lined up you know kind of a, a kind of a, a bullpen option here and then then that leads to a whole other conversation like well so you did this in secret and you did this to this club legend and now then you tell them keep paying him to hang around and like, it's, 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 it's going to be, I don't see how it's not messy. I'll be very impressed with all involved. If it's not a messy parting. And, and I, maybe this is a spot to say this, like, uh, and it's going to, I'm afraid it's going to come off condescending, but I have real doubts about whether uh, being an MLS head coach is, is the, is the way that Ben Olsen wants to spend this next phase of his life and his career, because he uh, really, Strikes me every time I sit in on a, a press conference. Um, he just has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yep. He he has this um, uh, haunted and haunted is not the right word. But he he has this really um, um, tortured vibe about him. And, and on a personal level, um, and as much as I've been able to to get to know him as a person, given our you know sort of you know contrasting job descriptions. Like I, I want Ben Olsen to be to be happy because he's an amazing human being, right? He's a great person. No matter what happens with his coaching career, he's a great human being. And I and I, I hope that either things at the club change or something, there there's I think we're at this point, there's this fin to seek kind of feeling right now for, for all involved.
0: I think that's I think that's really, really spot on. I you watch you watch the press conferences. He's got he's got the the not the sad Mourinho vibe, but there was a time where the joy was gone from his press conferences and his in his managerial career. He had a lot of things going on in his personal life that caused that, I think, and then also the repeated bad results and the media that was just on his head. Ben has not does not have the media scrutiny that a, that a <laughs> clearly does not have the media scrutiny of a, of a Mourinho. But as far as like, uh, he's gotta feel like he's in a, a groundhog day situation over this, over this period of time, right? Like I feel like there, he's given he's had to give the same answers about the same performances and the same players I could understand if it was starting to lose a little bit of the spark like he knows that he knows that next year uh ownership is not gonna be like all right now we're really gonna now we're really gonna bust loose like we we I know we only spent four million this year we're gonna spend eight million next year what do you need what what what, what would allow you to play the kind of soccer that fans want to see and we'll pay for it like that's not gonna happen so from his perspective,
1: I think I'm sorry to interrupt, but what the question that, that he and the club have to answer, everyone involved, answer is what is going to change? Yeah. Who, what does we want
0: to be? And what are we going to do to be that? Do you think I wonder about Jason Levien's, uh visibility and media availability and um, public persona and what he says about the team? To my mind, he, you get about three quotes out of him a year and you get a quote at the end of the season when we fall out of the playoffs or don't make it you get a letter saying next year we're going to do better we're going to analyze all of this and we're going to make decisions based on that uh you get something in preseason after a new player signed about how we feel how great we feel about this new signing and you know we're making all these unprecedented investments in the future of this club and we're it's a great time to be a dc united fan which is clearly that's the, that's the sell season tickets uh media availability and then that's, that's kind of it. Like there's, there's not, and, and I, I don't want to say that it's good to hear from the owner during the season about results. Like that's probably not productive. That's Merit. Paul, we can't all be Merit Paulson and you probably don't want all owners to be like that. Uh, but I feel like, and I've said this on the show and, you know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to speak to him or any of the ownership group after the season, after they've made any decision they're going to make on coaching and really have them explain to me and to the fan base and everybody else. uh, Who do do we want this team to be in a few years? We're not Atlanta. We're not going to be Atlanta. Understand that we're, 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 we're not complete naive fans. We've seen, we understand the way of the world. We understand money. Uh, But what are we going to be and what are we going to do to get there? And I don't want to hear about capital investments, understanding that capital investments limit the money you can spend during the year, but don't care now. Like, uh, give me give me your strategy that doesn't cost money, uh, and then and then we'll see where we're at. You have to give you have to, you know I, I'm hyper committed, right? I've got a show about this. I don't I don't get paid for it, but like obviously I bought in, so I'm there. I'm gonna keep covering it no matter what. This is you know it's my own personal brain disease. But everyone else, you got to give them a reason to stay engaged in a last place team uh, that does not have any media, doesn't have top four media presence in the DC market. Is not a attractive destination for potential coaches or players in general, um, both because of their performance and because it's not Miami, it's not LA, it's not whatever. So there's so international targets. Think about that still. Um, so you've got to give the other people, everybody else, the non the this the casual slash not fully life committed, uh, you know DC United fan a reason to stick around, and they don't do that very much anymore. I feel like.
1: Well, then we get into whole new levels of, of the conversation because the the off-field the relevance in the community the relationship with the fan base that's all there's layer upon layer of history and nuance and uh, and it's, it's a tough it's a tough spot and you have let's be honest like this is a uh, um as long as it's been since the the last championship and the, the, the you know the four stars came came a long time ago Um, but that still is part of the character and the it's, it's, it's in the room and it's um, influences people's perspectives, the fan base. um, You have, this is, again, this is a a cosmopolitan area with a lot of soccer culture uh, high expectations. I think probably more so than a typical MLS market. It's not like an expansion spot where they're going to turn out and watch and be excited. And, you know, it's like, it doesn't have the newness anymore. You, You do have, you do have to deal with the history that you carry and try and, Spin it in a positive way and f- find something useful there. And again, I think that, uh, and maybe it's just because I've been writing about it, and they were such, they were the one of the stories of the weekend. But com- compare uh, the team that that was in the Wooden Spoon race, uh, topping the Wooden Spoon race um, 24 hours ago, San Jose Earthquakes. Um, they have some of the same problems. They're a proud club that's that that's been treading water for some time. They don't spend a ton of money on their roster. Um, you know, so there's big headwinds when they when they brought in Almeida, but at the very least, they have a personality. They have a There's a culture there, even if it's it has flaws. Um, they are interesting. There are storylines to follow. Their fans have felt the lows. That DC United fans have maybe lower this year uh, and last year, but yet they they've had these euphoric moments. And even if um, you know, you have to, I think it's worth chewing on. Like, why does you know when the Quakes w- win that game in injury time last night? against LASC and the, and the bench and the players go absolutely nuts. Like they've won a championship. Right. And then compare that to, you know, the last year or two under, under Ben, he himself has admitted when he loses, it eats away at him and it ruins his life. And when he wins, it's just relief. And that's, that's that job. Yep. That's what comes with that job. Um, so maybe there's no getting around that sometimes, but I think that's also not because of him, but that, that also just reflects, the zeitgeist of DC United right now the, the the injury time fluky win over the Red Bulls doesn't taste as sweet as as that loss to, to the Revs the other night does sour and so somehow that that equation something needs to change in that equation I think Ben now is gonna have to sort of build on the fly a little bit of a, a pitch for what the identity is going to be now I will say you know not that long ago uh, a couple weeks ago they, they they made a point to announce that the academy is now all you know all player fees have been removed from that um tried to cr- sort of create a um turn a page there and and pointed the the possibility of becoming a more homegrown academy oriented club you know you can do that i mean yep. you can even if you don't spend your own money uh, on dp's you can feel the really good interesting team in this league now just with league money Dave Casper is one of the best in the league at maximizing the decentralized resources that everybody gets. So th- I think there is some potential out there for, for something compelling, but they have to they have to be able to explain it very quickly, internally and externally, and then show progress uh, you know, between probably between now and season's end.
0: That's absolutely a route. And we've said it on the show. Uh, most fans will sit for that. Like they, they'll, they will, if you tell them that we're going to bring in local kids and that's going to be the nucleus of this team. And if they do well, they're going to, we're going to sell them on. And then you can go watch them in the Bundesliga on Saturday mornings. People are going to sign up for that. They'll pay for that. It is uh, and I think you said the last time we had in the show, they got to do both, right? They've got to do that. And they've got to keep signing players. And that's true. Like that, that, I think that to actually compete, you could do that one thing. You could just be the young team, but then you're FC Dallas and you, you also don't win anything. That's fine. Like that's, you you you're good you're good you're a better team than you would be doing where we're at right now but it's not going to win you trophies and that is the that is the overall uh desire that we're looking for yeah no
1: so so just uh, again uh, maybe to offer up a data point from elsewhere in the league um uh, axel schuster you know Whitecaps are another team that are in a similar position to DC united um they've been they've been losing more than they've been winning for for some time now um it's not clear um how long the coach's leash is, marco santos It's not clear what their identity is. They're dealing with with headwinds on and off the field. Um, Their their sporting director and CEO, Axel Schuster, did a a pretty lengthy media roundtable. I think it was Thursday night that I sat in on. And he specifically pointed, this is is a team who's, and so the fans let me know later, hey, you know, our rivals are Toronto and Seattle. That's who we compare ourselves to, right? But but Schuster said, you know, I love the Philadelphia Union model. I love how they, they did a slow build, they built. They have an identity, they have the homegrowns, they have the style, and and uh, while Caps fans, not all of them loved hearing that because the Philadelphia Union haven't won anything, that is actually not an uncommon sentiment, right? People are that's looking Ted, out.
0: That, that's Ted's hope. Ted's hope is that we become the Union.
1: Well, then, so, so again, then so pick, keep that in mind and then shift and think about the Philly result over the weekend. Gonzalo Higuain, the highest-paid player in the league, comes and makes his debut at their house in a rainstorm Philly, I mean Philadelphia. I have never seen that team, that club perform at such a high level and such a character, sort of appropriate level, uh, in such a manner. Like that was a Philly team. They have they have actualized themselves, I dare say, even if they haven't won a trophy yet, because they were themselves. They had two two homegrown score for them, and then uh, the. The they were clearly eager to to upstage the uh the seven million dollar man Iguain
0: and they threw batteries Iguain after he
1: troll the hell out of him after right. he misses a PK right and it was like I mean it was like Philly sports suddenly you know on an MLS pitch and it was like oh my god I, I was I was impressed and I think I, I, my question to DC as a club and the fan base as a collective is like okay so what's what's the DC United version of that is it like you know, Echeverry and Moreno Showtime 98 or is it like Peter and Freddie and Ryan Nelson in 04 or is it something whatever like have that, have that conversation I think if the club was smart and proactive they would uh, they would lean in a little bit there
0: yeah I can I can imagine uh, uh, I can imagine a former executive who's no longer here having a, a supporters group conversation in the off season about <laughs> what what do you what would you guys like to see well what's mm-hmm. focus group what our identity should be? Uh, I'd even take that now. Actually, honestly, I'd, I'd take a I'd take a phone call, a Zoom call with the with leadership to try to figure that out. Because that, I mean, that's probably something they want to know. They if they're just saying fans would like to win, that's not instructive or helpful for them and, and the choices that they make. So believe it or not, like I outlined this sh- this show, it was not going to be this, but it, it just turns into this. Uh, the team is the the games are not interesting. The, the losses are the losses are accumulating uh, by force. So it's. I mean, there's there's a few bright spots, and I think maybe we got we have a little bit of time to talk about uh, a few of those bright spots. But generally, I think that's where we're at right now is we are on the on the heels of this change in tone from the team about Ben Olson's job security and lack thereof, uh, and the fact that we have about 37 games in the next 30 days. Uh, it feels like with a still a halved roster and very little hope, despite Ben's comments about we just need three wins and we're in this thing um uh the the only thing that is of substance and matters to uh to fans, I think is, um I f- it feels like if we're saying that Ben is in a uh a, a scalding hot seat, uh and we don't think this team is gonna turn around, we're mentally already at the end of the season. We're already saying, all right, um, the owners are still the owners, the players are still the players, even if he goes and all the questions that we just talked about are the things that matter. So that's where I think that's where the show is probably going to for better or worse and probably for worse for uh some of the folks I talked to with the team. That's probably what the focus is going to be with the, with this show uh in the in the next month because I don't I don't see the 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 field the results in the field changing that. But to try to talk about something quickly good um Nyman and Yao, I think Yao, Yao who had sort of seemed in witness protection, even up until two games ago was getting 10 minutes uh, uh, stints with, with, uh, with DC in the, in the second halves of losing games, the goal that he scored, turned the narrative around. I feel like from the fan perspective, uh, the conversation changed about him. It was all Kevin Paredes because he was playing and doing well, but and Griffin Yao became sort of the forgotten man. Griffin scores a goal. And now the fans are clamoring for him to start every game. Uh, and, and, and do what he does. I think he looked pretty good. I think, I think that he has, um, I don't, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I have to look at the stats, but even just completed dribbles and, and, and player duels from, from, from the wing on that side, I've not seen a lot of those do well with other players who have been uh, not just Gressel, but anybody who's been on that side. Um, I'm, I'm happy with, with him getting as many minutes as possible um, for the rest of the season and seeing what he can put together his problem last year at Loudon was he just ran out of gas and we had a, we had a, we had an interview with him and it was very much, he he attributes a lot of that to mentality uh, and sort of not really understanding what it takes to succeed and also feeling that drop off when he went to go to Loudon. It's a different environment. He says, practicing with that team is different. It was very candid and I was, you know, I was impressed with that. Uh, but like, I, I think that you need to see, you, you've got to see where you're at with him uh, going forward, even understanding where Paul's is going to play when he's healthy. You still want to figure out what he's about and what he can bring to this team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and yeah. did you, did you, how did you think he, how do you think he performed in a, in a longer stint in his first start for the year?
1: Well, I think I'm leery of, of even getting too much into that, into one, into the, this game, because. Uh,
0: Maybe the fact that he played is more important is, than how he played.
1: Yeah. I mean that he, he got a shot. Um, I, I think he's already shown even before this game uh, enough to get more of those. Uh, I think there's multiple good reasons to to shift your your 11 in a younger direction, and again, explore relationships, um, see how you know, give players time to to play together. I understand, like when you're, you know, I mean, they're. I was just looking at it. they've got nine games left in the season, so they're going to play two months worth of soccer, which would, would typically be a two month cycle in in less than six weeks with half a team, right? And so. Yeah, and that's and that, that's tough. But like the one thing you can say about the, the teenagers is like they they're they're not like you and me. They can they can recover. They can play two games in a week and they enjoy it because it's one less training session than normal, right? So right. Right. so let like um, let them go. Like get give them some minutes because I think that the thing that with with kid with young players in general, um, you know, you give them a shot. They may take it and maximize it in one day, and they may they may kind of fill up their opportunity the next. The question is always the the length, this consistency, finding, finding a rhythm, finding a way to do it week in, week out, whatever state you're in mentally, your body, whatever. So you're always gonna have the excitement and the jitters and the, the positive butterflies of, um, you know, a, a rare start. But then it's like, it's a, the, the next step is like, and with nine and two, like get him in there, get him reps, volume, volume, volume. And and I I wanna see some new relationships because you've, it, when you talk about a starting 11, We tend to look at that as 11 players, but it's, it's a, it's a web, right? So if you've had the better part of a year now to try your preferred relationships and whether you can't use them because of injuries or they're just not good enough because you have the results in front of you now, try some different relationships, you know? So I I would love to see, um, you know, the kind of thing, like a a fullback with a wide attacker, Uh, let them play together, let them form patterns of play. And again, all coaches will, will remind you in MLS right now, like there's not a lot of time to work on that stuff, but you can still do it. And, and you've you got 90
0: minutes, fine. nine times, right? <laughs> Even if and that's all you have, you got it.
1: Think about nine games too. I mean, we're, you're saying, uh, I think you're a little fatalistic just now to say that that's going to be the story from here on out, but it doesn't take much. The, 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 the attention span and the, the life cycle of this league is so, still so short to where if they just put together a few decent results, they can start to think about themselves in a different way. And we'll be talking about them in a different way. Like they just, they need some, something positive. I don't think that this, the season is lost. Obviously that's the trajectory that they're on right now, um, but it doesn't take much. I just think everybody involved is going to have to be a little bit, give each other a little bit more credit getting in the playoffs that only tells you so much this year, even putting a few results together in the postseason only tells you so much that's not going to placate the fan base here.
0: No, and, and actually the quote even said that this time. I think that was always – the concern was always if the bar is only getting in. If this year it's easier than it has been in 10 years to get in, then it means even less. So that really can't be the bar. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, to, to your point, listen to our show after a win. There haven't been that many of them this year. There's been two. But listen to it after a win, and the optimism reigns. Because it has to. Like, it's a fan podcast. But, this is, yeah. This is but what we, we have sports in our lives for. Correct. To, to, to bring us momentary highs in a, in a, in a, <laughs> in a, in a perpetual lull. Um, so the season ends the same week as the
1: elections. It's true this year. So regular wonderful. Season. So you got that. So you that got that going momentary. for you.
0: <laughs> um, we've got, we've got six minutes here left of the show. Uh, I suppose. So this is, this is as much preview as previewing as I'm going to do. I'm going to read I'm going to give you some, some information. Say you haven't been watching, been watching, uh, Atlanta games this year. Uh, they're the next game. We play them twice in the next nine games. They're four, eight, and two. They've they've fired their head coach, who is now the head coach of the Netherlands, which is wild. Uh, so if Ben Olsen gets fired, look for him to uh, coach a national team of of, of high renown. <laughs> they have transferred the former South American Player of the Year to Saudi Arabia, or mm-hmm. so that he's gone. They've signed Marcelino Moreno from Lanús. Uh, who it's also the former club of Miguel and Maroon, which I thought, I thought there was a DC United link. And I spent about five minutes trying to figure out if there was a, a former player from the but I, that might've been a rumor player that we never actually got. They lost last five games. They've lost to Miami. They've lost to Nashville. They lost again to Miami. They beat FC Dallas. And then they lost to Chicago. I have down here, maybe the last winnable game of DC United season. You've already said I'm being a little fatalistic, but that's <laughs> really true. They play them twice. Um, I'm not going to ask you to make, you know, sort of get, get too deep in it, but th- this is a, this is, if you look at the rest of, of the schedule, this has got to be a game where you want to, if we're talking about we got to win a couple of games to sort of get that confidence and get that belief in the team, which is the same thing we said before this new England game, as a matter of fact, and so did the players, this is really that. So if we said it before, we really mean it now. I feel like that's, that's what they've got. to They've got to approach that as got to win this. Yeah. I mean, this
1: Atlanta is, is um, they're a shadow of their, their former selves. Um, the, the, and, and maybe their fan base is, is hurting in a different way because they've gone from this rarefied air um, to getting humbled um, so quickly. Ar- arguably, maybe they, they just had the expansion uh, reality check sort of delayed uh, a little bit. But uh, they are, let's see, three, five, they are Four one, eight, five, and two in their one. last. Yeah, it's um, not going good. Yeah, in their, in their last um, run of matches. And just the, this team is un- really, uh, when you watch them on the field, they're unrecognizable from the run and gun showtime, greatest show on turf, you know, that they were the first few years. And even even for parts of last year, obviously Joseph Martinez is one of the most irreplaceable players in this league. Um, so that's tough, but they've, they've consistent, they've, they've had after sort of hitting everything out of the park, their first few years of uh, MLS existence, um, they've been rolling snake eyes lately Um the players that have left have not been replaced by players of uh, similar quality and stature. Uh, And then they've had one psychological hit after another. I mean, the the Frank DeBoer regime was, was did not seem to be a happy place for anybody. The culture clash was, was drastic and was, was um, really visceral. And so now they've got to pick themselves up off the floor and they, they don't have a lot of sort of, um, um, inspiring, go-get'em type characters and match winners who can who can lift the team by the scruff of the neck. So, so it's a it's a tough spot for Atlanta. I think definitely, um, e- even though home field advantage is it has been diminished this year, DC has got to go out and, and try and attack this game because it's a the team they're playing that's low on confidence that should not be allowed to, to sort of find their feet against DC United.
0: Yeah, if this if if we're their get right game. Then, then you, then you can really start bringing the moving boxes in. I think. I think if if we're where they find their confidence again, if we're their, if we're their uh, season slump buster, it's a bad. It's a bad sign. It's not would not be a new sign. I, I have a I have a sad stat. Uh, that is the classic. I forget who started originally on Twitter the 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 DC United sad stats. I know Pablo was involved, but there was someone else too. I feel like that may have been a uh, an open wide for some soccer. I might with Thomas and Seth as well. Yeah. So uh, they need one win or three draws in the remaining nine games to avoid the 2013 point total. I don't, I don't, I believe the number of games played will be different, uh, but that's still something to be concerned about. <laughs> it's a number to watch. Um, it will, there's already going to be an asterisk uh, next to any results in this, in the historical MLS record book. But uh, I, w- I just personally would like to avoid that numerical total again. I think that would be good. That would be a one, one positive thing you could do. Well,
1: for better, you know, like it or not, um, PPG may may become uh, prominent uh, this season because we may not even be able to have every team in the league for the same number of games. But so if we break it down to that, DC United as of now are 2, 7, and 5 with a 0.79 points per game uh, rate. And if we go back to 2013, I, I don't recall. I don't know either. I, I just uh, looked at a total 0.04, 0.47 PPG back in 2013 three, 24, and seven. So arguably, uh, they could, they, they, they can, they can stay on trend. You can just win once in a while, pick up a few points. They'll be okay there, but you don't, you don't want to even have this conversation, right? You don't want to have an asterisk next to next to your explanation of why this wasn't the worst year ever. Uh, you, you've got to win, try and win, uh, just win once or more.
0: <laughs> just win one and draw one. And then we can never talk about this again. It's fine. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, and, there
1: are other games that uh, when you, if you look at the table uh, or sorry, look at the, the schedule, uh, you know, they've got, we've got Montreal coming to town at, at, on decision day. Um, but again, you don't, you don't want to fast forward to, to that sort of uh, point, but there, there's, there's some, there's games that they can win. There's games that they can get, they can get points. And again, the bar is, is so low. I mean, even just um, it's just a win. Right. I mean, they've, they've, they, they won on September 2nd A game, that they, you know, Probably we're lucky uh, to, to get anything from, if we're being honest. Uh, and they won back on uh, pre-COVID days, March seventh uh, against Miami. That's that's it right now. You, you need one of those. And and the, the question I immediately ask is where are the goals to come from.
0: Yeah, don't forget. Remember, we scored a first half goals the first time since uh, September 2019, uh, two games ago. So you got that going for us, which is pretty nice.
1: I, like just, I, I hope um, again. I, I'm, I'm different. I'm, I'm having more of a neutrals uh, perspective and I can afford to, to, to rank aesthetics highly, but I really hope that he um, opens things up and, and lets him try and play a little bit, gets Higuain on the field earlier, like just see if they can play some soccer. Let's, let's try it.
0: That's not even the mindset of a neutral. That's just uh, uh, the mindset of a, 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 an aesthetic individual. Like I, I, I don't, particularly at this point in the year, I don't care if they get into the playoffs. That doesn't matter to me at all. I just want to, I just want to enjoy watching these games. I don't care. Life is hard right now. Right. Yeah. Just give me some joy. Give me any bit of joy. A, a zero-zero drug gives me very little joy. So let's, mm. think, of me, think of me, Ben, as you, as you make your plans. Think of,
1: well, think I think there's joy. more people that th- feel that way than, than perhaps in the past in here in dc and uh, my hope is that is that ben understands that or feels that on some level What
0: we'll see we will see uh charlie thank you for joining us we I, I had just talked about always doing plugs at the start of the show and because i was in charge of steering the show i forgot to do the one thing i always tell ted to do so at the end of the show after everyone's listened to a whole hour of pod, of a <laughs> very sad podcasting uh, tell people where they can find you and what uh, any sort of pieces that you've come out with recently that you really want people to take a look at
1: I actually, you know, I, I think it looks like I'm going to have a D.C. United Ben Olsen uh, column running tomorrow on the league site on the awesome. Soccer, uh, com. So come and yell at me about that whenever that drops. Um, c at CBOEHM is my handle. That's for most of my work it goes up on the Twitter website, uh, And then I'm on U.S.SoccerPlayers.com as well and other outlets. Um, and um, but drop me a tweet or an email. Hit me up, guys.
0: Visit the link uh, on Reddit of that article and all the people under it just saying hashtag Olson out. Uh, if you want to find, if you want us to find somewhere to go, that's where, to, that's where you'll be. Uh, and, and for, from our side, uh, just, uh, you know, listen to the show, uh, make sure you're, make sure you're uh, following us on all the million channels uh, that we are broadcast on. If you're listening to the show already, you're already listening to the show. So keep doing that. Uh, we're selling t-shirts now and they're going to ship at the end of the month. Um, people have asked for them and uh, less people have bought them than have asked for them. So this is, this is me saying, you know, this is kind of your, this is on you. If you've, uh, if you've talked about it, this is on you. So make sure you- Please clap. That's right. Please clap. <laughs> I love, I, you know, I always never wanted a career in sales and now I have one in <laughs> uh, Thank you for tuning into the show. Thank you again for Charlie for, for being our first guest co-host. Uh, and we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about uh, a win against Atlanta, and the, the clouds will part, and, and Ted and I will talk about our playoff chances. Uh, and if not, come back for more of, uh, of, of the sad hour with John Ted. Uh, we'll be back next Monday, day three.